is Alan Woods, Central Bedfordshire's number one Dallas Cowboys fan, probably. Just reflecting on a fantastic campaign from the Dallas Cowboys this regular season, finishing number two seed and locking up the NFC East, which is really important, of course, with the playoffs coming up. Some fantastic performances at an individual level. Dak Prescott leading in touchdown passes. Michael Parsons in pressures. Darren Bland in interceptions. And CeeDee Lamb in receptions. So some great performances across the board. We know this is a good team, but we know it's all about the playoffs now. Having that home advantage potentially until the NFC Championship game is massive. And to be consistent in the NFL is really hard. And as the season goes on, playing different teams there's different narratives and sometimes just some individual performers can really change a game maybe they're fighting for a contract playing for something maybe you don't expect and if you don't believe me ask a Philadelphia Eagles fan I'm sure they're hurting right now I am loving it and bring on the playoffs how about them Cowboys hello and welcome back to the across the pod NFL podcast the regular season is now complete as we're here to review week 18. Of course, we have some episodes coming this week where we preview the wildcard games with fans of every team involved. And unfortunately, my guest today will not be on these episodes because his team didn't make it on the final day. Uh, back to me today is Seahawks fan. It's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, already, it's already begun. Pleasure uh, oh, to, to have, pleasure um, to be here. I did. It's been a while. Um, I believe the last episode we did it was to predict actually how the Seahawks season went. And mm. now you'll pretty much get my summary of how the season actually went later on. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to get up um, at some point, you know, but we're towards the end, we'll get up uh, Javan's um, predictions from the start of the season. And uh, we are going to, at some point in the next few days, we're going to reveal on our Twitter page, on Instagram pages, um, who exactly got the best scores from all the 32 teams' predictions we did. Um, so, that should be a good episode. Um, and of course, while we're on predictions, we did have the final segment of our regular season game prediction segment. So, uh, of course, last week we had, as well as myself, we had Steve Hall from Redman TV and also Jay Lawrence. Uh, and my, they, him and Steve both got nine correct scores, whereas myself, I got eight. So the final table is as followed. And if you follow our Twitter page, you'd have seen it earlier on today. But um, Keg from the Magpie Channel and Aaron Fletcher from the Secret Work, they both win. They both got 13 correct scores from week six and week 12, respectively. And then the rest of the score, it's Sky Pank, me, Scott McCabe, Shane Harris, David Caprosh, Graham Henderson, Ollie Hope, Ollie Butler Henderson, Steve Hall, Jay Lawrence, Freddie Harper Davis, David Figgins, Chris Milner, Phil Perrins, with last place in 17th with seven correct scores from week seven is Steve McGuinness. So, um, of course, we are talk, here talking all things uh, NFL and all things Week 18. Uh, just to um, confirm the teams that did make it in, obviously the division winners. We're actually, we'll talk about that in the episode. So, first of all, the Pittsburgh Steelers secured their place in the playoff after a 17-10 win over a much-changed Baltimore Ravens side. Going on to the other game on Saturday, which is our first talking point, is the Houston Texans taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the winner of this game ended up being the winners of the division, uh, of course, after Jacksonville Jaguars did lose to the Tennessee Titans, uh, 28-20. So this game beforehand, obviously, the day before this game happened, it meant a lot. The winner would have been guaranteed to be placed in the playoffs anyway, where the chant of a division win. Turns out they won the division. It's the Houston Texans, as they won 23-19, as they will now face a wildcard round game at home to the 50 Cleveland Browns on um, this weekend coming up. Um, and yeah, Again, this was a, I thought it was a brilliant game. I thought it was both teams giving her all. 
both teams, you know, I think both teams really do themselves proud. I mean, CJ Stroud, I think if he hadn't already cemented his place as Rookie of the Year with a touchdown, a brilliant touchdown. I think it was 74 past, yeah, passing yard touchdown uh, on the first play of the game for the Texans. Um, and obviously they did end up winning it. Obviously, fair bend missed the kick when they did get the winning touchdown. So it could have been costly if the Colts had scored the touchdowns to tie the game. But, of course, they were saved by the last uh, gasp miscatch from Kylan Goodson, which ultimately uh, saw the Colts eliminated and the Texans advance. Uh, but, Javan, what were your thoughts on the game? I was actually going to point out the fact that it was a game where both teams gave their all and you kind of just saw it literally from the jump, really. I mean, to... For, for the Texans to connect like that very early on, I thought for a team like that, that, you know, a lot's been said about them this season. I thought they would take a while to get going, me personally. But, you know, as soon as they got that first play touchdown, you know, they, they, they didn't really look back. Of course, Colts were going to, you know, do whatever they can to obviously climb back into it. But I think the Texans were just resilient. And obviously you had that, you know, last gas drama, the miscatch. You know, these things can happen in games like this. So when, you know, seeing that unfold, it was just a thing of like, okay, well, in a game of this magnitude, you're going to have to find a moment like that a lot. And unfortunately, it happened to the Colts. Yeah, I mean, I think to be honest, I think both teams can go away from not only this game, but also the season really proudly. I mean, whatever happened for the Texans in the postseason. And I think certainly... You look at Shane Steichen, you look at um, D'Amico Ryans, I think both of them, I think, have to be in contention for Coach Deer. I think you look at Dan Campbell, you could put John Harbaugh in that category as well. But I think certainly them two, two teams that really no one thought would um, be at this stage of their progression doing so well. I mean, I think both teams, you know, with new quarterback, you thought, you know, the chances there for a of team for the future, but I don't think anyone thought in year one of both the Steichen and, and the Ryan's era that they would be both battling out for the division on the final day or battling out for the playoffs on the final day. I think most people would have said a six, seven win season would have been a great uh, bit of progress. And considering the Colts as well lost their star quarterback um, half, well, I think it was halfway through the season. I think it was only five games in. It was when I was in London. So it would have been, yeah, five, six games in to lose the star quarterback and have someone who has been a veteran, has been a journeyman, Gardner Minshew mostly as a backup. I think to do what he's done with what they've had, I think it's been a really, really big achievement. So I think both teams can really um, look at this sort of as his last year as a real um, positive 12 months. Absolutely. Um, I was literally, I was literally writing in, in my notes before this, you know, Demi Ryan probably a, I'd probably give him coach of the year, really, just because of the fact that this is a Texans team that no one really expected to really be this far ahead of schedule. Now, obviously, what will happen after, whether they, you know, regress a little bit in the next season, I, I think you can probably give Demuco the benefit of the doubt if that were to happen, just because that team is just so beyond schedule. It's unbelievable that they've managed to, you know, make a season like this a fairy tale for them. Yeah, and I think that um, you mentioned about um, regressing. I think that's really interesting to what the Jaguars, the fact that, um, you know, they have made the playoffs. This is despite being eight and three and having in December 
um, putting out on sale playoff tickets or advertising playoff tickets being on sale, <laughs> not, not make the playoffs. I think it's um, almost the opposite of last season. Uh, what happened to them when they were, I think, five and six, or they were they were five, so they had a really bad start. And they turned it around, and the Titans collapsing meant that they again. I think this has to be one. Of, I mean, the Dolphins collapse is a bit more, a bit less bad because we still made the playoffs. But I think for the Jags to be eight and three after beating the Texans as well in in week eleven or week twelve, um, to then lose the division uh, where people were staying, you know, trying to work out whether they can get a number one seed for the playoffs, and to not even make the playoffs, and to in the way they have and down the stretch has just been, I think, one of the more bigger collapses I've seen in the last probably five, ten years of being an NFL fan. Oof, that's a big, big statement. And I I've I would I'd have to probably look back through like my NFL memories or probably through NFL seasons to see a collapse maybe equally bad or much worse. But I probably would have to agree with you on that just because I actually had you know, a team like the Jaguars after, especially last year as well. I just thought that from last year, especially how they won that playoff game against the Chargers as well, I just thought that, okay, this is where they're going to probably kick on and probably become a good team from this point out. And now they've gone, taken a step back. And it's now you're, now you're in a kind of like period of uncertainty where it's just kind of like, okay, we've we had this really amazing high followed by this it's not really a it's not really a huge low i would say it's just kind of just them just taking you know two steps forward two steps back now they're just kind of just in the middle in purgatory almost it's like okay now what do we do here yeah and i think that it's um a really i think really fascinating division the fact that you've got stroud you've got levis you've got lawrence and you've um obviously forgot and you've got anthony richardson it's it's a a division that's you know been really cool for years, and whereas now I think this is the division that for the next for the future, provided nothing horrible happens in terms of injuries, I think this is the division that um, is going to be I think exciting for everyone. And um, I want to talk on it quickly. There's been some coaching firings um, in the last few days. Of course, there's been a couple that you'd expect. So Arthur Smith did lose his job uh, as the uh, the Falcons head coach, and Ron Rivera. Uh, literally, the morning after his birthday, he lost his job as the commander's head coach. But the one I think surprised everyone, uh, a bit similar to Brian Flores a couple of years ago. I remember me and you have reacted yeah, to that yeah, time yeah. when we were, we were in uni together. But Mike Frabel's lost his job. Now, this has been, you know, they've had two, one and a half really bad years. But I was surprised they let him go because um, I think without him, I think it could have been a lot worse for the Titans this year. They're probably just going into a new direction more than anything, I think, with that firing. I don't think it's a firing based on the fact that Vrabel's done a bad job because he's obviously had some great years there. But I think maybe the Titans probably just want to go into a completely new direction. Now, what that new direction is, I'm not really too sure. We'll have to see, you know, we'll have to see once probably uh, the Super Bowl is, is, you know, is, is finished because then we'll start to see, you know, a lot of the new season kind of rumours um, pour on there but yeah I, I saw this firing just more as like okay they're just wanting to go to a new direction rather than very doing the bad job yeah and I do think that you know I said in a group chat earlier that I think could be a bit like Andy Reid in um when you when he lost a job in Philadelphia I think he will get a job I think within within a day or two I think he's got enough you know, four straight years with playoffs and you know, the last couple of years hasn't been good but uh, when you got hasn't really hasn't really had a good quarterback in his time, you give him a good defense and a good offense. I, I on both sides of the ball. I I do think that will be 
we'll, I think we'll see Mike Vrabel do an even better job. And I think that, you know, whoever he goes to, I think we'll be, we'll be lucky to have him. And I think obviously New England's the obvious one. We don't know what's happening with Bill Belichick yet. The sources seem to suggest he's staying an extra year, um, but he could leave as well if they feel Vrabel is too good to turn down. I think he almost a bit like a lot of, shares a lot of tendencies with Belichick and obviously he's a lot younger. So I think that could be, could be where uh, they go. Um, other results on the Sunday, uh, the much-changed Cleveland Browns playing their backups lost 31-14 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Detroit Lions did play their starters and did lose um, uh, Sam the Porter to an injury. We don't know what the extent of that is yet, but they did win 30 points 20 to, to secure the third seed. Um, the Jets beat the Patriots for the first time since 2015 as they won 17-3. Uh, fun little fact for you, they mentioned on Red Zone, the first time in his career that or their whole franchise that the Patriots have lost in snow um, at all at home. Um, the New Orleans Saints beat the Falcons 48-17, which would have won the division if the Buccaneers had beat the Panthers, but the Buccaneers did win an unconvincing 9 to nothing. The Packers secured their playoff spot with a 17-9 to win over the Chicago Bears. The Raiders beat the Broncos 17-14, to and the Chiefs, uh, beat the Chargers by 13 points to 12. And the much-changed Rams beat the much-changed 49ers 21 to 20. And the Dallas Cowboys locked up the NFC East with a 38 to 10 win over the Washington Commanders. Now, this is, this is helped by a win for the New York Giants over the Philadelphia Eagles, which shocked everyone. And that, that is now one, five losses in the last six games. Uh, or for their last five. It's the only won one game in the last month. It's been a horrible stretch for the Eagles. It's been Fatina started ten and one to now finish eleven and six. Um that's not good enough. And I think that we've seen we mentioned before about the Titans last season, the Jags this year, hitting form at a bad time. You can put the Dolphins in that category as well. And I think that really I think what this was proved, I think it's proved once again is that who cared how play well in the first 40 weeks? Who gives a damn? Because at the end of the day, if you hit injuries at this time of year like we have, or if you suddenly start losing form, it's the worst time to do it. So I think it's all good, you know, all good going 10 one, all good beating the Broncos 17 to 20 in week three. But you have to you have to do it in week 17, 18. Um, and I will mention Dolphins a little bit. I'll I'll end, I'll start my rage in a bit. But in terms, <laughs> of Eagles, in terms of the Eagles, I think they have to be severely worried. I think the Buccaneers, obviously the best team they could have hoped for in the playoffs, but I still think the Buccaneers at home could easily beat the Eagles on current form. Just how have you assessed, Javan, uh, the current um, awful form of the Eagles? I think, I don't, okay, so the point, the question I probably want to ask you, I don't know if I want to ask this question because this is something that I believe is a question I shouldn't really ask about an Eagles team. But do we think that they've lost a sense of their identity during this stretch, or even, or even maybe at the start, or even maybe from the start of the season, even when they were ten and one? Do we think they lost their identity even then during that ten and one run, and that could probably have resulted in this? It's hard. I think obviously the start of the year they, you know, they. Lost a few coordinators. Everyone talks about last season, and it was to be fair, it was an easier schedule last year. And I think that it's a whole different ball game when you're the team that's you know the favourites or one of the favourites to win the thing, rather than a team that maybe people didn't think would make it last year. But they went ten and one. They seem to disprove that theory that that was happening, and they seem to be just going things as normal. 
Um, I don't think Nick Sirianni taunting the Chiefs fans has helped at all. I think that's not been a good look. And that's really looked to come back and, and, and bite him in the backside. So I think, I do think, I, I, don't, I don't really know what's happened because they have seemed to be playing no different how they were playing early in the year. And I don't know whether it's a case of they were just easy, they were just having to winning games, but um, they've been found out. I don't know, but um, and it seems to be for me they find it easier to score from a touch push one yard out than they do from ten yards out at the moment. Um, so it's really fascinating. I don't really know what's gone wrong really because it's the same, the same players and pretty much the same coaching staff. I know Matt Patricia came in, but can you put it all on him? I don't know. It's um, yeah, that's one I've really been stuck by because it hasn't really, they haven't had any big injuries. And Brown and Smith are still there. Hertz is still there. The O linemen are still there, as far as I'm aware. The defense is still there. Maybe it's one year too much for some of these players like Kelsey and Johnson and Graham. I don't know. Maybe last year was the swan song. But either way, I, I do feel I know we're going to go into our Bucks eagles preview later on in the week in this podcast. But I do think they can go one and done. I do think they'll lose. They'll probably lose to the Bucks, in my opinion, on current form. They've been awful. Um, and yeah, the win two weeks ago hasn't seemed to have changed that to, or given them a confidence boost they needed. So yeah, really, it's been been shocking, really. Well, one thing I'll add is you don't if, – if if because my opinion is they probably have lost their identity at some place, at, at some point. I'm not sure when. But you don't want to find it come playoff time. There's always a risk here. However, that being said, if there is one team in the NF – well, actually, there's probably two teams in the NFC that can probably lose form and find it somehow in playoff time just based on the fact that they've been in the playoffs a lot. And that's probably Dallas and probably and probably Philadelphia, really. Just because of the DNA that these organizations have. And personnel is probably important here. Experience is definitely important here. I would trust the Eagles personnel. Okay, fair enough. If your prediction is for them to lose, then I would expect the Eagles to probably give it all and st- and, you know, if they just lose to a Bucks team that is just crazy effective in that match, then so be it, I guess. But one thing I'm really fearing is the identity is gone. You try to find it come playoff time, and then come playoff time, you have no idea. Like It's like the game passes you by from minute one. It's what I fear for the Eagles. Yeah, and I think that it's really concerning, and I think that they... You know, especially being on the road as well. Uh, I know the Tampa Bay isn't exactly like a like a Philadelphia, even or Baltimore, where it's you know where it's an absolute fortress or fierce place to go. No one really. I don't think anyone goes to Tampa Bay concerned about the fans and and being you know having to go by the side and count or anything like that. I do think that it's the lucky in that sense that they are they aren't playing Dallas away. They aren't playing the 49ers or even the Lions away. I think that would be even more of a scary prospect. But I do. I do think even if they do beat the Buccaneers, they'll then face, um, you'd think most likely, probably either the Cowboys or Niners, depending on what happens with the Rams-Lions game. And I, I do feel like that will be where they're getting stuck. And I think that, um, you know, the 49ers had a bad enough form. They've come back and been pretty much unstoppable ever since, only losing one game, I think, since that stretch. And that was only because they were, um, or two games even, and that was only one of them because they were resting starters. So for me... The Eagles, yeah, I I do think potentially last year was maybe a bit of a, not a fluke, but maybe they just had that easier schedule and they just hit form at the right time and maybe it was that last. We've seen it was footballers. John Terry had a great year and then next year 
he was terrible and left left the club and Steven Gerald the same thing and these players they have these amazing last years and then it almost appears that it's that the next year is almost two, one year too much I, my my worry is that they've kept a lot of the old guard and it seems right now that maybe um father time is maybe getting to a few of these players so yeah interesting time for them and I do feel that it's um you know I I, th I still think they'll be a team next year that will be a team to be one of the favorites particularly in their conference but I, I don't think I don't see him going back to Super Bowl anytime soon unless they do some amazing Harry Roseman magic again in the draft. I don't know, but um, yeah, I think that they they could potentially be another one of these Super Bowl hangover one and done teams. Um, now our penultimate game we want to talk about was involving your team, Javan. Obviously, ultimately it didn't matter if you won the game because the Packers did win, but you did beat the Cardinals twenty-one twenty thanks to a um last second I think it was last second field goal miss from Matt Prater. Um, your your thoughts on the game. I think, you know, for all, we 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 did we did what we had to do, which was win. But ultimately, you know, it wasn't really in our hands, really, because you know, um, it would have taken Green Bay to obviously lost their game for us to obviously get in. And you know, based on how the season's gone, I think Green Bay probably deserved that place more than us, just based on merit. I think, um. I think Tyler Lockett for me had a game where if this is probably his final game as a Seahawk, then, you know, what a good game he had. It just class personified pretty much his whole, his whole football career. And, you know, to have a... If he does go, which I think he probably will because of just contract reasons, really, what a miss we're going to have. Just, I think he have been this sort of, you know, figure for us on offense is going to be like, you know, to, to replace that is just, I don't think you really can replace that based on what he's shown. I think he's very replaceable. How we do that is really anyone's guess. Um, but I do think the game was good. I think we did, we did our job. Um, Gino again, just being crazy in the fourth. Um, he's had, seven go-ahead touchdown passes in the fourth quarter slash overtime this season. I believe that's the most in a single season in NFL history, um, which is completely mental. So it just goes to show that, you know, when the capacity to be great is there for Gino, you can be that player. The problem is probably the other three quarters is, you know, just a huge question mark. And I don't think he really, really had the best of games. So I think... Yeah, we did our job, but ultimately, we weren't. The, we probably were more of a pretender than a contender in terms of making the playoffs. And uh, congrats to Green Bay because I think they deserve that more. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay got to give them credit because they are the youngest team to ever make a playoff. And you know, I have a lot of things I can say about Green Bay that I could be positive about. I mean, I've got to apologize for what I call Matt the Floor, Matt the Fraud for a lot this season. <laughs> Um, I think I've, I've been proved massively wrong. Um, Jordan Love appears to be the guy, and I don't know whether he'll be a whole famer like Aaron Rodgers, but he's getting better every week. <laughs> that's got Javan. That's, that's really got you in it. That, oh my, that's <laughs> a oh, It just seemed for a while that he just wasn't the same that Rodgers, but recently he's just it's it's been great, and I think that you know I said on Twitter earlier on. 
and I'm gonna. It's a nice segue actually to my next to our next point is um, Brian Flores reportedly wanted Jordan Love over Tua, and I got to say I think Brian Flores might be right um because Jordan Love has done a lot more I think already in big games in six games in his career than Tua has done in his whole four years. Now people say to me, "Oh, look at the Cowboys game, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, but that wasn't it. That was down to a 15 yard flag that got us in the field goal range. He was not the reason why. I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's a bad callback. I'm not trying to say I think people seem to think him in our group chat I've got and the fan groups that I'm a two hater. I'm not. Uh, I think he's a good callback, but I just think he lacks that killer instinct, that that um clutchness, that the Josh Allen for them. Josh Allen, I will mention now we didn't, we didn't <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean he threw three turnovers in that game on, on Sunday Night Football. But that doesn't matter because he still went down the field, did made the play to win the NSO and got on the win. And I think he's done that time and time again. Whereas I think Tua, sadly, um, hasn't got that. I mean, two time it was a 21 to 14 loss, which ultimately saw the Bills win in the AFC East. You know, you look at um two of his picks, both of them were supposed to double coverage. Um, and they were terrible, terrible decisions. And, you know, McDaniels is a little bit of um Stick as well because we seem to neglect the run once again, which he seemed to do a lot of last season and neglect the run. And yeah, I think that we've ultimately we bottled it. I'm not going to lie. We've now got to play the Chiefs in our head. And if you win that, it's Baltimore in MT Bank. It's whereas if you win that game against Buffalo, you're the two seed. You can, you could beat the Bills again. Then you could play either the, the Browns or the Texans or the Steelers. Then you've probably got a chance of an AFC Championship game, which you probably would have lost to the Ravens. But it's just it's frustrating because, you know. Burrow's injured, Sean Watson's injured, Aaron Rodgers is injured, you know, and there's Justin Herbert got injured. There's so many off he wouldn't he wouldn't done much because Brandon Staley was there, but you get my point. So many callbacks were injured, and there's not gonna be a year like it again where there's that many callbacks, particularly in a conference where it's so strong in a position, will get injured. So for me, it was our it was our chance um to do that. I think we we mentioned before about the Titans sacking Rabel. Their chance was probably in 2021. And it feels like that was our chance this year. You look at that Titans game we played against him in week 15. You know, if you if you win that game, that Cowboys win would have won us a division. And we could have afforded to rest starters um, in the Bills game. We wouldn't have mattered so much. Um, so for me, I think that game's going to really come back and haunt this franchise, I think. Unless next year, or even this year, we do well in the playoffs and we shock, shock everyone and beat these teams away from home. But I think that have a chance to be a number two seed and win or win at least one of those games. And obviously the Chiefs, the Bills, obviously no one thought they were going to go on and, you know, beat the Cowboys and beat the Chiefs like they did. But yeah, for me, it's just frustrating because it was there for the taking, especially a Tyson's game where we were 14 points up with three minutes left. It just seemed like this is our year to try and at least have a deep run and win a playoff game for the first time in years. But I think it's going to be, once again, back to drawing board, another playoff loss in the first round and not knowing where to go from here. But... I will say at the same time, injuries have been a big factor. We have got a lot of injuries. Now, I'd like to see what we do when we have Ramsey, Holland, um, Zavin Howard all healthy. We have Phillips and Chubb all healthy. With Wilkins, if he signs a new deal. Waddle and Hill both healthy. Offensive line all healthy at the same time. I think that it, most of it as well. So for me, yes, I'm annoyed. But at the same time, um, we have got a lot of injuries. and that We have to... Every team has injuries. But I think at the same time... Um, this does this has happened to us a lot more than I think most teams this year. But uh, what was your take on the game in the end? I think 
listen, like the, the, the Dolphins, I, it, it was just one of those games where you, know, you can be efficient, as efficient as you want. Like if I go look at, you know, how Miami actually did, I actually did, I actually think they did fairly well. Um, especially with their full team, because I just thought they were highly efficient. But when the Bills can play like this, when you have the capacity to put up nearly 500 total yards, Josh Allen just having those Josh Allen games where, yes, he's throwing interceptions. But again, I think it just goes down to, you You describe it as killer instinct. I just look at it as just the capacity to be great. When we look at what greatness is, greatness is when doing your best is not good enough. It's no longer good enough. You have to be more than doing your best. You have to be great. I look at it as a capacity to be great. You look at a player like Josh Allen, capacity to be great. Jordan Love, going back to him with Green Bay. I don't think Green Bay really should be in the position that they're in, but probably because of the fact that Jordan Love has this capacity to be great, more probably than Tua, you're seeing Green Bay push to a playoff push. Same with, you know, like countless players that we've seen in the NFL, in terms of quarterbacks, receivers, defensive players. You know, there's, there's so many. My problem is just more with Tua. It's just, I don't know whether he has that greatness capability built in or is it something he needs to develop over time? Now, the development over time is pretty hard because if you give him time to develop, how long till you then come to the conclusion, okay, he doesn't have the capability to be great? Is it too late? Or are you, or have people already given up at a time where he could maybe have maybe a year or two to find it again? I'm not too sure. That's for Dolphins fans to really answer. But going back to the game itself, it was just one of those games where it's just when Buffalo play like this, what you really have to do is just put your hands together and pray that they're just ineffective when 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 scoring. And these these days, when Josh Allen has games like this, I don't know how he's not a pro bowler this year. For some reason, it's just I just find that very bizarre. But when they play like this, little teams can. I don't really think much teams can really stop them. Yeah. I mean, I think they're a team almost they beat themselves more than teams beat them. Yeah. yeah. Alan, I will say the first touchdown was the luckiest touchdown I've ever seen. I mean, the, the four, I mean, it was a great catch. The, the catch was amazing, but the actual to to make the throw and hit, hit a lineman and bounce off him and, and go towards Sherfield was that was fortunate. Obviously, the touchdown and the punt return. So I think only really one touchdown came from Allen, but I think at the same time, uh, Allen, we know Allen what he can do. And I think that, you know, he, the dimension on the game that he's like John Elway, I think he's John Elway and Brett Favre combined. I think he has that Brett Favre tendency to throw picks carelessly, but can also win your games in the same, in the same, in the same day. So for me, I think that Josh Allen is something that I don't think two, two will have. And I think that, you can, you can develop your arm strength, you can develop your mobility, you can develop strength, but you can't you can't really teach clutchness. I don't think it's something you can teach. I think it's something that you either got or you haven't got. I think um, only sportsmen have it, and I think that sadly he doesn't. Now, it's absolutely nowhere to move off from him unless obviously someone goes to Watt Holmes, but I think at the same time, I, I do think we have the potential to be trapped because our team will be too good, I think, for now, for the next 10 years, to be a number one pick unless you trade up or mortgage your future. 
But we're never, we're never going to be, I don't think we're going to be, once Tyreek Hill leaves, we're never going to be that good um, sort of to be winning championships. So I think that window's now, and I do feel like we're wasting it um, now. I think two has had some good games, but Javan, name me a big game. He's had four, he's had four years. It's not, he's not a rookie, he's not a sophomore. He's had four years in this league. Name me a big game where he has turned it up. Down the stretch, especially, because you can mention the Ravens game in week two, whatever it was last year. Name me a big game, down the stretch, where two has been a reason they've won the game, or even done stuff to win a game. Na- name me a game. This is the problem. I don't think he has. That, that, that's my point. The Cowboys game, he was he was good in that game. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't the reason why he won that game. It was the flag and a field goal, and Jason Sanders had five field goals, only one touchdown for two, and I'm so tired of Dolphins fans Try to defend him, and and you can't. You, I've been in many group chats, and I be, I you can't say anything. You can't criticize two in group chats or on Twitter because they come for you. They come for you, saying, "Oh, give him time," and excuse after excuse. But every quarterback has excuse. Lamar Jackson hasn't got Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle. His receivers are probably good, but not great. Joe Burrow had was the most sacked quarterback in playoff history. They made the playoffs. He can't. He has, yeah. he has excuses. All these quarterbacks I'm mentioning, like Aaron Rodgers, he played would have done well with a bad O line in the Jets, and. All these, every quarterback has um, adversities. Josh Allen throws picks; that's his own fault. But he has adversities; he gets through them. Two, I'm, 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 I'm sick and tired of him trying to defend this man because, yes, he's not a bad quarterback, and yes, he, he is good. He's he's passing yards leader, but he's not even in the top five passing touchdowns. So that suggests to me that you can get it down the field, but you can't get it converted it when it matters in the end zone. So for me, yeah, I, I, I feel like this would be. A, Something that could be clipped up against me in the future, but I don't think we'll ever win a Super Bowl because of Tua. I think you can win Super Bowls because of our defense with Vic Fangio. You can win Super Bowl from either Raheem Mostert or A-Chain or maybe Tyree Kill extending a five-yard pass, making it a 90-yard touchdown. But Tua will never win a Super Bowl for your team. He'll never, ever be the reason you win a Super Bowl. He will, he will be, he's basically Kirk Cousins. He is Kirk Cousins 2.0. Ah, okay. I'm glad you've, I'm glad you've brought him up because that basically leads into a question that I want to ask you. So, do you think you need, like, do you think you need a QB that, I mean, your your answer is probably going to give it away here. Do you need a QB that can manage the game the best? Or do you need a QB who sometimes can manage the game, but more often than not has the ability to change a game? I want somebody who can win your games. I would much rather Eli Manning when he's playing, because Eli Manning was Pretty, pretty average. In the, he wasn't great in the regular season. Didn't have actually that many playoff seasons. But when it mattered and it comes down to the clutch, same with Nick Foles. I, I wouldn't want Nick Foles, but you know what I mean? Same with Nick Foles. When it mattered down the stretch in the playoffs, they can't be trumps. And I think that, you know, the team we have, we could have made the playoffs. I think even if we had uh, Eli Manning, not his best. You know, I, I think that that's what you need to win Super I don't care what you do in week 1 to 15. I don't care if you're pulling up all these numbers in. In meeting games against the Commanders and the Jets, who had Trevor Simeon, I, I don't care whether you put these numbers up in the regular season. I care about when it comes to big game, when it matters, my quarterback doing it when it matters. And frankly, he hasn't. Now, I don't want to knock him because I, I, I want it to come good. And I think that Mahomes sort of starts career has made everyone think a quarterback has to be good in their first two years. But it's been four years now. And I think that I'll give him time because you know he has got certain traits that I like. He's, he's accurate at times, and he, when everything's going right and everything, everyone's healthy, he can be a good game manager. But I just don't think he is ever going to be a top five quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to win an MVP. 
I don't think you ever win Offensive Player of the Year. I don't think you win Super Bowl. If you win Super Bowl this year, I don't think you win Super Bowl MVP. I think it'll be Tyreek Hill or our defense. So I think personally, there's a lot to be worried about in terms of our future and being like a Tomlins or Steelers, like at eight and nine every year and never really do much. So for me, there's a lot of worries, but you never know. There's playoffs coming now. He's never played in the playoffs before. I will say that. Maybe he'll turn up now. Maybe he'll find some sort of clutch team that he had in Alabama, albeit one game. He had one game in Alabama where that happened. He got so for me, yeah. <laughs> it, um, yeah. So for me, it's it's it's, it's, it's time now to uh, Chiefs Arrowhead next week. You've got to do it. Otherwise, yes, I think people will start really, really questioning your um your your sort of NFL legacy. Um, but we will end it there because we are running short on time. Uh, before we do go, though, um, quickly for you, my vote is now Lamar Jackson. Who is your MVP vote going to? It has to be Lamar Jackson. I just think he's been, again, everything you've described that Tua probably isn't. That's a game changer. Yeah, and of course, we mentioned before about Tua not playing well against good teams, but Lamar Jackson has done it against all the good teams. Did it against... The 49ers did it against the Dolphins and every big game he's been given this year, especially he's done it. And I said before, without a, a Tyree Kill, without a Jamar Chase, without an AJ Brown, Jay Flowers, Sean Bateman, Beckham, they aren't bad, but they're, they're good. They're not elite receivers. So to do what he's doing, I think now, especially with Tyree Kill making some drops in recent weeks, I think it has to be has to be him. And finally, my vote is Chiefs Niners. It has been since pretty much week four, week five. But who is your Super Bowl matchup going to be in February? I think it's also going to be Chiefs Niners. I I will say this about the AFC. I like Baltimore. They've always had a steady year, but I still don't think in the AFC there's a definitive best team. As much as I think all these teams in the AFC have been performing well, we know what the answer probably most likely is. That's the Chiefs just finding a way just to get into the Super Bowl somehow. Yeah, that's that it because I think that we mentioned just before actually that, you know, Playoffs is a different animal. And, you know, there's a reason why the only active start quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls are Mahomes and Stafford. No one else in the UFC has even made a Super Bowl that I can think of um, starting quarterbacks who are in the playoffs. Um, so for me, I think everyone's criticised the Chiefs, like the Bills earlier on the season, but come to the playoffs, I think Mahomes and Kelsey are still going to be their old selves. Maybe one that stands for Kelsey, but either way, it's going to be, um, yeah, I think they'll still do it. Um, now, people, before we go, actually, thank you for coming on, first of all, Javan. Um, now, your predictions. Now, the Seahawks went 9-7. and seven. Can you guess what your prediction was start of the year? I believe it was... I believe it was something... I think, I think it was 11-6. and six. It was, yeah. So, you were yeah. too far off, but you were a bit... Um, yeah, still a bit far away. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's where we're ending today. We'll end our Week 18 review. We'll catch you next time for some preview episodes for our upcoming wildcard round games. See you guys then. Yeah.